You uh, wanted to see me, Zach? Corelli, we got a situation here. Oh, what, what's up? Well, I've been giving this a lot of thought, and this web slinger is all over the place. He's not just in movies. He's in cartoons, comics, coloring books. I want to talk about all of it. So what what are you what are you saying exactly? Get me more podcasts of Spider-Man. More? We already released Spider-Man Minute five times a week. You don't think that's enough? There's seven days in a week, Corelli. Where's my Sunday Gazette, my Saturday edition? Uh, Weekend Bugle? Oh, I like that. But what if we called it The Weekend Bugle? Yeah, The Weekend Bugle, sure. Oh, and another thing. How do we start monetizing this stuff? I want a quarter every time somebody listens. Well, why don't we put The Weekend Bugle on Patreon? Patreon? Yeah, our listeners can go to duelinggenre.com slash support, become a patron for $5 a month, and gain access to The Weekend Bugle and all the other bonus podcasts we put on Patreon. Fantastic idea, Corelli. Glad I thought of it. They don't want us to be famous. Patreon will make us infamous. Dueling Genre back to Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze and celebrate the movie Spider-Man one you mess with Spidey, you mess with New York minute at a time. I'm Zach Luna. I'm Scott Corelli. <laughs> and I'm Adam Bumas, actually from New York. Hey, that's yeah. right. <laughs> Welcome back, Adam. Thanks yeah, for coming back. Yeah, you mess, you mess with one of us, you do mess with all of us. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> here to mess with us on uh, minute 105 which begins with spidey uh reaching out to grab the tram cable in, in midair that sort of slow motion moment and uh ends with a triumphant crowd and uh mary jane looking up to see the goblin approaching peter uh for mm-hmm. i presume a final battle of some sort um yeah mm-hmm. so this is this is the big, big bridge, bridge time moment. Uh, it starts off with another <laughs> Matrix uh, riff, I guess. <laughs> the uh, uh, slow-mo bullet time shenanigans uh, right. moment. Um, yeah. Obviously, obviously, there's a lot to say about uh, a thing that happens a little bit later, but um, I did want to mention the... Uh, I, I, I really do love the exchange of the two guys on the boat of uh, he's not going to make it, he's going to make it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I just there's something just so like charming about that. I, I, I yeah. Like I there one is like scared and the other one is is just sort of is also scared but also like trying to stay positive, you know? Yeah. Um I just there's something about that and it just feels I don't know. It, it's it just it feels very much you know, akin to what I think of when I think of Spider-Man and like the emotions Mm. that it makes me feel, which is that kind of like sums up Spider-Man for me is that you, it never looks like he's going to make it, but he always does because he's Spider-Man. 
Um, and and it's, it's sort of like that idea of just, you know, that's what makes him a hero is that he Mm. doesn't give up. There's a bit in here, you know, we were talking earlier this week about this metal cable yeah, and about how, like, I mean, that thing would tear through his gloves and, and it, I mean, he would be a bloody mess. And there's a bit where they do a close up of the cable slipping through his hand and it's covered in blood. Oh Um, gosh. I never noticed that. Is is that what it is? I, 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 I was always confused about whether that was blood or that was uh, something they painted on the cable because a lot of times yeah. with steel cable they they will uh, paint one half of it. Yeah. Uh well, no, I, think I think you're right cuz uh, cuz above his head the cable's like bare. Like Yeah. The, it is? Well, and yeah. and, oh. and it's the I I and and I and oh. I don't I don't I don't think you're 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 wrong t- as an instinct for that, but I think you're taking reality into account in a movie. <clears throat> And mm-hmm. and the fact is, like every decision they're making is on purpose, and they yeah. wouldn't make a decision to like paint the cable yeah. on set like that day that they're shooting this, unless yeah. there was a reason for it. And I think that it's, but it but it is. I think you know to a certain extent, you're right. It is a little confusing because it's sort of stained red. It's not like dripping with blood because this right. is a PG thirteen movie. Yeah. You know. And so they have to they they can't go full bore with it but I think oh. I think that's entirely what that moment is supposed to be is that he's holding on like you know the the people on the boat don't like one thinks he's not going to make it but the other one thinks he's going to make it and even you can see that Peter is struggling because his hands are literally bleeding holding this cable that is why I've never noticed that blood detail until this week that's wild I always just sort of mm-hmm. saw it as like you know, even before you get to the bleeding aspect, that it's a humanizing moment that like there's something really tactile and uncomfortable about the sort of sliding rope down your hand. It's like it's humanizing. Like obviously none of us have held a steel tram car with our, you know, super strength underneath a bridge, but we've like, I don't know, played tug of war or climbed a rope in gym class or like tied a mm-hmm. mattress to a truck bed and that sensation of holding on a a taut line and it's slipping through your hands is familiar and like puts us in there and it's, Oh, it's mm-hmm. uncomfortable. It's like really right. menacing and, and rough. Um, A- right. Having the gecko hands that he does, would that make it easier or harder? I don't know. Like, would you have to like intermittently like release and re-engage your spidey power in that moment? Or would you just have to, if you want it to slide, do you have to just go know. on your grip strength? Like I, I almost wonder if, if it would even does it even work that way like he mm. he grips something around and his his you know as you put it Adam his gecko hands would they would they work properly or do they only work if he's like flat on a surface i um, think they work just like conscious when you're in contact with something just consciously you sort of I don't. I've, it's not like I know. It's not real. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it's also just the tips of his fingers, according to this movie. Yeah, you see the close. <laughs> up, you see the close up of tiny hooks. Oh, right, man. We're never right. gonna live down that tiny hooks moment. <laughs> yeah, the finger hooks. Yeah, it, it's what uh, yeah. So maybe he just has to do it with hand strength, just like like gripping a because he's very strong, obviously, uh, mm-hmm. generally speaking. So maybe like like a rock climber or something holding on really hard to a. It's just awful. Either way, it's just awful. It's an yeah. awful feeling. It makes me uncomfortable to watch it. It's very effective. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, the other thing I want to say about the the guys on the tugboat. Uh, 
with their he's not going to make it he's going to make it exchange that is the the type of role that like one or two line role that tiny exchange that often gets scrubbed out of a script when you're you know going through it again to get to um production because little one line roles like that are expensive and uh mm-hmm. logistically difficult and uh you know as much as possible you want to you are under pressure to combine roles and have a smaller number of like actual like speaking actors that you have to pay for this but they they're important in this humanizing way this like this feeling of making the world feel real it's if if even though they're like kind of a pain in the ass for your line producer they're i think very important in a movie like this where there's like a big you know heroic figure that people look up to I'm not going to buy that people look up to your big heroic figure unless I hear regular people engage with it. You know, mm-hmm. like I, mm-hmm. you can't just save mute people in a montage. You have to hear people be like, you know, oh, guy with eight hands sounds hot or he's going to make it. He's not going to make it like that. I love I love seeing those little roles and things because I, I always feel a happy for the actor for booking it and then be, you know, happy for the effect it has on the story. Um, so good yeah. job, tugboat guys. Yeah. Well, and 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 you know, it's funny. You said those are the first things to be cut out of a script. Um, mm. Not this, this. I did a little investigative work to like look into like what is going on here with yeah with, with the um well specifically with the New Yorkers on the bridge, sure. uh, and and how you know there's always there's the legend that you know this this was done in. Uh, I, I was always a little confused because the the legend is always that this was done after September 11th and it was sort of a, you know, let's, we made, we, we, we did that, that thing that like, you know, no fault of our own. We did the thing with the, with the, um, with the world trade center and the teaser trailer. And now like this film is always going to be remembered as like that movie that used the, the, the twin towers in there, yeah. uh, in their marketing. Um, at like a really uh uh you know with really bad timing um mm-hmm. again no one's fault on the production obviously but sure yeah <laughs> I, I i i but i but i think but when you look at the shooting schedule they were done shooting this movie by the time september 11th happened so how did this schedule? yeah so how did this how did this happen yeah. and what i found out is that um it's funny that you mentioned that the that that you know you know cutting these sorts of roles in the in the script because none mm. of them are in the script and see and wow. i i had a, i had a feeling that when i was looking at the way this was shot um because you always hear that like oh yeah they went back and they did reshoots to add in this sort of like september 11th kind of moment this like new yorkers banding together moment Hmm. um to sort of as like a almost like a peace offering for like the the marketing um that the film had earlier Uh, and because you know it's set in new york and you know it's a whole thing of course yeah uh and so i'd always heard that legend but it never made sense to me because it I, i i wasn't i was like how could they have done that when they there's obviously there's like wide shots of the New Yorkers like attacking the goblin and, and <laughs> it just it seems like a really expensive reshoot that I don't think that they would want to do. And what mm. I've discovered is that the 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 tugboat guys are not in the script either. Um so they were oh. actually a reshoot. In the script, Spider-Man is lowering, is slowly lowering the whole thing onto the rocks on the shore. Um oh. and, 
And so there is no there is no tugboat thing. Um, yeah. And the New Yorkers do throw things at the goblin. In the but script. You, huh. Yes, but you don't hear them talk. It's just a bunch of faceless New Yorkers on the bridge just throwing things wide at the goblin. And so what I think they did is they when they went to do reshoots, they shot the tugboat guys, everything with the tugboat, mm-hmm. and they shot the close-ups of the New Yorkers having those lines of dialogue. Ah, yeah. Um, to sort sense. of amp up those those moments of exactly what you're talking about. Like, mm-hmm. let's see what New York thinks of all of this. What do New Yorkers, what are the human side of all of this, think about this situation? Because we're seeing victims and we're seeing heroes and villains, but what about just general New Yorkers? Yeah. And I think that's what was missing in this scene, exactly what you were talking about. And so I, they yeah. went back and they did like a quick, you know, day or two reshoots of just the tugboat guys and these guys on the, the, the people on the bridge. Yeah. Ah, yeah. That's awesome. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, when, well, what? I don't know if we should jump into it quite so uh, intensely right now, but I, I kind of want to ask like Adam, like, you know, in New York, like seeing this film at that time, like what was the reaction like to this scene? Cause I, I mean, where I was in Colorado, like everybody like cheered at this scene, like was so yep. enthused and enthralled by it. Like we felt, you know, um, very, very excited and, uh, you know, um, redeemed in a certain way. But I, I would imagine it's a lot more personal in New York proper, uh, <laughs> To say the least, I I, I, di- I didn't see it in the theater. It's hard for me to comment. Like I I know oh, okay. I know yeah. that envi- uh, the environment immediately after like immediately after September 11th, it was mm-hmm. more. It, it's it, it's past fear into confusion. I think is the mm. best way to put it. Like you mm. don't quite know what you should be thinking, how you should be feeling, what you should be doing. And this, this is something purposeful. It's very, it's not, it's not even just like a rallying moment. It's like a declaration of the city's values. Yeah. Yeah. The the phrase New York values now means something (laughs) different, but that's, yeah, but yeah. at the time, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, tra- more more traditionally speaking, uh, New York values. Yeah, like the the intervention of the city itself on this um, tragedy. Yeah, uh, I I like to note that that like the sort of main the, the main shouter has a Mets cap, not a Yankees cap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a Joe Virzi who. Um, is you know he's the the main shouter in this, but he also, as we've noticed, uh, has happened a few times in this film. Um, he's brought back in Spider-Man Two to be another one of the citizens. Um, he's a fireman in Spider-Man Two, and he comes back a third time as a police detective in Spider-Man Three. Um, and so wow. the, the same sort of New Yorkers keep popping up uh, throughout the franchise. Okay, so so like, that guy's trajectory does doesn't make any doesn't sense. doesn't make any but, sense. No, he really. But, <laughs> 
but 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 the other ones, I'm still on board that they're the, playing the same person. The same people, yeah. Yeah, this guy, maybe not. Okay, fair maybe enough. Maybe not. Yeah. He, he, we, he has, a, he have, has um, a twin brother. Yeah. There we yeah, go. There That's we go. It, yeah. There we go. Made it. One became a fireman. One became a police detective. You don't uh, get much more New York than that. Yeah, yeah. Proper proper heroics. Um, And that also happened for... um. Michael Edward Thomas, who's the other uh, shouter on the bridge, the, uh, the sort of man with dreadlocks who's saying, you know, you mess with Spidey, you mess with New York. Uh, he is also a man at the fire in Spider-Man 2. Um, mm. So I, oh, I, yeah. I do love that commitment to that, that they do keep bringing them back and whatnot. Um, and I guess in terms of a moment of levity uh, amidst all of the, you know, the very real uh, effects of, you know, terrorism and tragedy, I, I do think it is kind of funny and worth pointing out that the boat captain who has... You know, the the one line about he's going to make it and then later has the sort of like full on close up cheering, just like, yeah, like where he's like very, very enthused that Spider-Man won. Um, that is Robert Kerman, who uh, played the main character, Professor Harold Monroe in Cannibal Holocaust. Uh, Whoa. <laughs> yeah. And Night of the Creeps and No Way Out. And uh, and also a surprising number of uh, 1970. 1970s porn flicks which is uh, a whole thing wow uh, what yeah he's had quite a long career working in uh hollywood in new york and italy in slasher films and porno films and things like that and uh he basically he uh <laughs> he was in porn names under a different name for a while and uh, worked in you know legitimate acting and you know movies and things like that and then kept losing his representation when they would find out that he had been in um you know, adult films and things like that. So he would like get a little bit of career traction, then lose his agent and whatnot. And um, he kind of had like moved away from acting for a while and was was struggling for a bit. And he ran into Sam Raimi while they were promoting the theatrical re-release of Cannibal Holocaust in the early 2000s. And Sam mm. Raimi ran into him at an event uh, and was so excited about that movie and, you know, old crazy slasher flicks that he was like, oh, we got to have you come read for something for Spider-Man. And mm-hmm. so Sam Raimi took it upon himself to uh, give Robert Kerman a, uh, a a a role with a, a main screen credit in a big Hollywood movie as sort of a, yeah. a thank you for making that. So I thought that was kind of well. Cool. He looks he looks great in this role. Yeah, um, <laughs> just like you know that that beard and the and the just like you know the way that they. Um, the costume, de- costuming department, uh, you know, worked with him. Like he just, he looks like he belongs on this tugboat. It's really great. <laughs> yeah. He's the tugboatiest man I've ever seen. It's, yeah. yeah. It's just like, I always get excited and I cheer along with him in this, this part of the film. And so it's like, it's nice to unearth that sort of strange little backstory with that Sam Raimi loved that guy and wanted to put him in something. And I think it's, it served him well in this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. um i do i just in general outside of like what they're actually saying um Mm. i just love that the goblin you know the goblin here is is just trying to be like very um i don't know he just seems very full of himself in this moment and he's very you know high and mighty and and you know speaking kind of uh old english isn't right but like the idea of just like the way that the way that he's speaking about choice and just being very dramatic and all of this and then he just gets like shoes and fruit thrown at him um it's, it's, there's something it's really bricks and pipes isn't it 
Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, it's it's, a, it's yeah. actually would hurt. Like even if you were even, better. even if you were wearing a, a, like a metal suit, like uh, getting a brick thrown at your head, uh, that's not nothing. Yeah, no. where are they getting all these bricks and pipes? If if I had to assume, like uh, they show earlier, all the cars on the bridge are stopped, which is probably why all the people are out of their cars, which is why they're all on the bridge. Like if, if yeah. I had to guess, like there's some kind of construction material truck somewhere on the Ooh, bridge. Oh, okay, yeah. And he's like, here, everybody, grab one. I like the idea that, like, in any other city, maybe people would be throwing fruit and shoes, but like straight up bricks and pipes in New York City. Bricks like, and pipes. Don't, even, don't mess with New York. Bricks, bricks and pipes all the way down. Uh, <laughs> gonna, yeah. gonna mess you up. I I do like the actual um the lines that they choose as well. The ones that you can hear. I think I wrote down, let's see, so we have, um, uh, come up here, tough guy, I got a little something for you, which is, I think, wonderful, uh, and a lady <laughs> yelling, I'm going to kick your freaking ass, who apparently is Jeannie <laughs> Fox, but she has no other um, screen credit, so she was hard to sort of <laughs> learn anything about, but I like that, like, you're so far away, but no, still, like, I'm going to kick your freaking ass, uh, leave Spider-Man alone, you're going to pick on a, bi- a guy trying to save a bunch of kids, which I think is, like, the big, like, rousing moment. And well, then, I, well, okay, yeah. but I think that that's so funny because it's like, dude, are you paying attention to the situation? Because he put the kids <laughs> he, in danger in the first place. <laughs> he orchestrated this, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, not just... sure he knows that. Like, we see, Maybe, we see yeah. a couple minutes earlier, like, it sets it up very subtly, very well. Like, there's an explosion, and we see, like, a car crash, and we see all the very cars around explosion. it stop. And presumably yeah. what happened is, like, after that, like, it just traffic just slowed to a halt even more so than normal in new york uh and (laughs) everyone got out of their cars to see what was going on with like the explosion of the tram cable yeah they went out and saw the situation where spider-man had had like held on to the tram and the green Mm -hmm. goblin was trying to throw him off and also he has those knives on the front of his glider he does have yeah. the knives. Yeah, I guess maybe if it's been four minutes of like elapsed time, <laughs> so like maybe it does take four minutes for the explosion to cause the traffic jam, and then you to get out of your car and observe. So maybe he didn't see that the goblin orchestrated scenario. But it is fun for and, us and to listen it, to. You got to take like, some time try. to grab some bricks. <laughs> yeah, you got yeah. to take your. Bricks. They got to go collect all those bricks and pipes. <laughs> and then the the Michael Edward Thomas line, which is. I think my favorite where he says, oh, yeah, I got something for your ass, which uh, <laughs> I'm not sure what that means, but I like how he says it. And then, of course, you mess with Spidey, you mess with New York, and Joe comes in and wraps it up with, you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. Right, so. I I love that, uh, you know, Spider-Man historically has never had a sidekick. Like, they yeah. have little, little um, you know, arcs and things where he'll have like a sidekick for a sec and it won't mm-hmm. work out. Um, or, you know, of course he has like a family of characters uh, that he deals with. Um, yeah. But he's never had like a proper sidekick. And mm. I love the fact that in these movies, New York is his sidekick. Oh, oh, that's yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I like that. <laughs> I didn't think about that. I really like that. It really, really in in at least um I I can't remember if anything particularly New Yorky has in, happens in New York in um 
I guess that kid, there's that kid in Amazing Spider-Man 2, uh, oh, the yeah. one that won that contest. But uh, but but in the in the first one, you also have like the construction worker guy helping him get to the thing. That's so, right. So like yeah. like generally just like in these movies for like New York just becomes like Spider-Man sidekick. And I, I like that. <laughs> the city's got your back, man. The city's got yeah. your back, which is yeah. which is nice. Um, I like this scene. It I can I can understand people that say like this is. A bit Very cheesy, much so, but yeah. It's the but it's the right kind of cheese, man. It's delicious cheese. It, I like it. I like I, it. I get excited every single time. Um, yeah. and I I've started to in recent years get like more misty eyed at this scene. You know that um, it's just it's just so nice. Like they, yeah, it it is it is really nice, and like they don't make they just <clears throat> don't make movies like this anymore. Like this this no. kind of moment wouldn't be in a movie now. Um, yeah. The closest and, I can think of is like the um, us taking time to have like the villagers like celebrate in Wonder Woman, like they want to throw uh-huh. a party for um Steve Trevor and the Howling Commandos, that whatever I don't know what to call her team, uh, but that they <laughs> I don't they know take that they the, had a name, yeah, but that they take the time to like you know thank them with this like uh, but even even that movie, which I think is like probably one of the most optimistic like modern blockbusters of the last few years, even that movie kind of takes the air out of it a little bit by mm-hmm. having that great moment, having the support of the environment, but then killing all of those villagers like yeah, 10 minutes later. I, it, it, I mean, yeah, I mean, that, and that's, that's generally like, it's, it's that, it's that, um, a thing where we're not allowed to be earnest anymore. And like, mm-hmm. if you're earnest, you like pay a price for it. Sure. Uh, yeah. Because like, how dare you be earnest in a movie? Um, <laughs> But at least I, they so, had the earnest moment this time. Like we, right. we used to not it's even true. get them. It's true. <laughs> like, it's true. Um, so I don't know. I I know that I know that for a lot of people this is cheesy and, and yeah, you know yeah. that's that's <sighs> fine. It it can just be for me and Zach. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. And no worries. I I love it dearly. Yeah. Um, <sighs> Well, I don't, uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, he, he safely lets the thing go down, um, onto the, the garbage barge. Yeah. Um, the garbage boat, boat, boat barge. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, I mean, the, so the dude is credited as a tugboat captain, but mm-hmm. it's a garbage bar. So like, is the, oh, I'm just figuring this out in my head because I never grew up near water. So the tugboat pulls the barge and the barge right. has garbage on it got it right okay never yep. mind in, in, yeah, in, yeah. Actu- it's in a, actual it, it's east a... river waters like there is no way anything that small is going to be a garbage barge we have lots <laughs> of garbage <laughs> uh, sort of yeah. quaint uh comic book but as a but way. look as a reshoot uh oh, yeah. you, you're not gonna you're not gonna pay for an actual garbage oh, barge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that sure. would be yeah. <laughs> gigantic I, I, I uh, huge the, huge expense. i think the rationale behind it being a garbage barge is to is so that the tram has something soft to land on right, right. yeah yeah <laughs> so. awkwardly sort of like bent over to one side but land land safely nonetheless the uh, the, the, the hoop stars are fine <laughs> yes the, yeah <laughs> we save the hoop stars and with that we save the world yeah. Uh, I, I will say uh, there's that there's that one shot of Mary Jane sort of surrounded by the hoop stars as they're all uh-huh. like looking up and like reaching towards Spider-Man. And yeah. it's it's just a funny shot in context here because uh, it's a shot that gets 
recreated in superhero movies a lot. Um, <laughs> and and it's just it shows you like I love that this in this shot it's a bunch of them looking up and smiling and happy at Spider Man, mm-hmm. uh, and then you have like the one person I mean you know just like earlier with uh, Peter being in the crowd and standing out in the crowd you know yeah um, and yeah. here you have it you have MJ kind of standing out in the crowd because they're all really happy and she's happy until she sees the Goblin coming toward him, um, but. Oh, it, it's a shot that's like very similar to like a shot that was in um, Batman v Superman, which was like a completely different kind of vibe where, <laughs> where they're like, where they're like surrounding Superman, but sort of like treating him like a God. Um, and <laughs> I just, it's funny how this very similar shot just like kind of keeps coming back in uh, superhero movies and in very different contexts. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe not as effective so, ones. <laughs> if I'm generous with my phrasing (laughs) depends on depends on who you are i guess fair yeah 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 um for some rate for some people that works like gangbusters so yeah uh for me this works like gangbusters and i'm agreed happy to be in um (laughs) so adam any any uh closing thoughts on uh on this movie or on spider-man in general or um if you have any more new york tidbits you want to share anything Mm -hmm. like that uh, I I have I think I think I uh, the problem with I I I have far too many New York tidbits is the okay. problem. <laughs> I'm sort of worried everyone would get bored, but uh, but uh, I w- I was first introduced through like backpacks and shoes, and that was my introduction mm-hmm. to Spider Man. Uh, I was sort of aware of it. Like, I I knew about the '60s show because my parents had seen it. But like I, yeah. I remember the first time I like I really got to dive deep and like learn oh he was bitten by a radioactive spot that kind of thing is uh, uh I I was a voracious reader still am and uh, of, of books not necessarily comics and at summer camp which I went to there were so few books I did not have a great time on that front <laughs> there were like so few books and one of them was like one of those reading level books with like a circle on the cover with a four saying it was level four so like I'm I'm not sure what that ended up translating to and it was like a <laughs> primer on Spider-Man and his powers and his th- that kind of thing and that is oh. where I learned proportional in that his strength is proportional to that of a spider. I I, I think that's a lot of <laughs> uh, that's how I remember a lot of literature like where it taught me new words. <laughs> like uh, obvi- obviously, I rem- I I learned that libel was pronounced libel here. I thought it was libel yes. before. <laughs> but but, but I, in Spider Man Two, I learned tritium. I did not know that it was a real thing. That's right. Mm. Yeah, yeah. These movies, like I first saw them because in elementary school we sort of weren't allowed to have recess for maybe six or seven months out of the ten mm-hmm. nine or ten month year. And so mm-hmm. every day for half a lunch, we all got stuffed in the auditorium and they had to put something on or most people would get rowdy. I almost always sure. read a book and one of the things <laughs> they put on was it was the was the first couple of Spider-Man movies, and th- huh. that was my first exposure to them. And uh, a lot more often than not, they just start from the beginning, so I know the opening parts of the movie a lot better than like the ending in the middle. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, 
Sure. Uh, also, for me, yeah. That- like, like I say, the school, the school I went to was quite near where where like Peter lives now. The Tom Holland Peter lives in Sunnyside. It's actually just down the street from the place where he tries his webs, where he keeps trying the different words. It's just like a few mm-hmm. blocks down from there, and it was a real oh. like bit of movie magic to see like wait, wait I'm 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 there I'm basically there right now that's where Spider Man is. Oh, I can't even imagine like in school like with other kids watching Spider Man and knowing like your your walk home you would see those same areas like that's that's wild. Yeah, it is. I, I oh, oh man, no. Um, I I mean, was it? So if you you came to Spider-Man, you know, sort of like through the cultural osmosis first and then later into it, like, were you a fan of Spidey growing up? Like, was he one, like uh, a character you liked a lot initially or did you like grow to, um, you know, be interested in it? I don't know. How to I, I, I was you know I was always yeah. I was always attracted to him on the level that he's like he's he's a nerdy sort of outcast kid from Queens. And that's mm-hmm. what I am. And the, and like it, it, I think that was my primary reference point for who he was for years. Like until like I, I started like getting a bit deeper into the comics. I still don't have a whole lot of like knowledge or experience with like, the mm-hmm. animated shows or the comics or that kind of thing. But it, yeah, that's always been my primary point of connection with him. And it, it, you don't get that degree of connection a whole lot. Like he is literally from where you live. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Is there anything that you um? I mean, there's lots of good New York stuff in these movies, but is there any like quintessential thing that you wish they had like shown or included like Queens wise <laughs> in this? They use the Chicago train for the subway train. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I remember that was a big moment for me too. Like it was the first time, but like, I, I know movies are fictional, but I did not, I wasn't really aware that movies could be actually wrong. But why, why did, <laughs> obvious, obviously they had the elevated train in the last movie, but they knew the right answer. Why did they pick the wrong one? I, I was sort of confused by that. Like this was before I was really old enough to realize sometimes they just, sometimes they needed to do that. Sometimes mm-hmm. they just got it wrong. Sometimes it was bad. I, I just internalized like, oh, it's a weird thing. They didn't do the, they didn't do it right. They didn't. And you use mean the, the right um, train. in the second movie, the the Chicago train in the second movie? Yeah, the, yeah, like, uh, okay, the, the yeah. famous like elevated train battle. It's on the Chicago Loop, in, and <laughs> right. the, the thing is, like, the reason they did that is because, in hindsight, I know that like it, the Chicago Loop, it does go straight between the buildings. It like it's right there, mm. and there are there are no elevated trains in Manhattan. They're only out in Queens or like up in the Bronx. And yeah, uh, and and so it's much more visceral, and it allows you to do a lot more with the action to have uh, to have a train with the environs of a Chicago train, right? Because mm-hmm. Spidey can both do the regular web slinging in between buildings, but also have the train fight. Exactly, there. and I, yeah. I I do think that like the the sort of idea of web swinging between buildings. 
I think it was inspired by riding the elevated train in Queens because it's it's basic it's basically the main way people who have to go to Manhattan every day get there. I I went to I used that to get to school when I went to school in Manhattan. And mm. that and I think like that sensation, it's a it's a place to draw on where you could get an idea of that experience. I think that's where people thought it up. I think that's where the reference oh. point for it was. Like you're literally above the ground moving through the air by building. Yeah, you're like two like or three a, stories yeah. off the ground. And yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well that's nice. That's kind of fun. Okay. Well I think I think they'd do a bit better. I think they do have the the L train in Homecoming, right? Like, oh yeah, that that's yeah. that's completely correct. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, we'll look forward to although, celebrating although, that although, accuracy although, in a couple of years. Although he does <laughs> he does have a train station like right outside his school, and like you're already uh, Spider Man. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> like that's too too nice. Yeah, too mine was much of an yeah. Extra my station superpower. was like four blocks away. You had to walk really <laughs> steep uphill. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 that's not, and it's like half mile walk to the station from my house. Like yeah, you're already Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but too much of an extra uh, fantastical gift that that train station. Mm-hmm. Uh, awesome. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, Adam, thanks for joining us. I uh, appreciate it. And uh, do you what, what else do you have to plug? Do you have anything else? Uh, no, you can read you can read stuff like this. Like We get we get at, at the website I write for lutonbus.net, L-E-W-T-O-N bus. Uh, you get a lot of people writing about their sort of personal experiences in relation to like movies and TV and pop culture in this kind of way. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's, it's not, it's not always this kind of thing, but it is, it is this personal a lot of the time. That's one of the reasons I'm proud to write there. Awesome. Yeah, and you guys also do uh, podcasts occasionally there as well. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our podcast is called "The Bus Stops Here." You can find it usual podcast places. Awesome. Okay, cool. Well, uh, all right. Well, uh, we will be back on Monday with a new episode. In the meantime, uh, you know, if you go to duelinggenre dot com, you can check out all the other podcasts that we have there. Uh, as well as if you click on the support button or go to duelinggenre.com slash support, uh, you can go check out our Patreon page where Zach and I are doing the Weekend Bugle, uh, a uh, Patreon-exclusive Spider-Man podcast um, about all the things that aren't the movies uh, and uh, and also some movie news and things like that. So yeah. um, go, go check that out uh, and uh, support us over there. Helps us keep the lights on. Um, helps this whole train uh moving uh so to speak <laughs> um and uh and we'll be back we'll be back on monday with uh episode uh minute 106 bye everybody yeah so bye, bye.